MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, as always, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, for the next 60 minutes. Well, let me tell you what we got dialed up in this next hour. We'll begin the show talking about the updated pentathlon standings. We creep our way into the top five. How do we handicap it tonight to try to get a big payout with the selective prop? Yes, that's that's what we have to bet tonight in the baseball betting competition. I'll give you kind of my thought process and who I am considering betting on for that respective prop. And I got an official play, too, for Danny's time. So uh, we'll hit baseball in the first segment. Afterward, we got Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter, hitting us up to talk some more baseball, some UFC, and how about some WNBA with our guy, Josh? I know he's loving to bet that during the summer months, so we'll get his insight covering all of those sports. Afterward, post-Josh, we got Mike Pritchard, his co-host on Betting Across America. We're going to talk some college football. Of course, Mike Pritchard, a great receiver in the NFL great at Colorado as well but we're really going to go all over college football tonight we'll talk some Big Ten and we'll talk a little bit of Pac-12 as well with our guy Mike Pritchard so that will be in 30 minutes end of the show we got to conclude our preview with the NFC South 
Last night, we did the Saints and Bucks. Tonight, maybe not as exciting, but still some good opportunities, perhaps, with the Panthers and the Falcons. So we'll look at their odds to make the playoffs, their win totals, and uh, what I'm thinking they're going to do or how they're going to end up this upcoming season. So a lot to get into, but let's go ahead and begin with the Pentathlon Beeson's Baseball Betting Contest. The final night is tonight. The winner will be announced tomorrow morning on Follow the Money. Last night, we had the run line play, all right? And going into that, we were one and two, so I needed a bigger payout. And if you were watching the show, listening, whatever it was, uh, we took the Blue Jays as a Danny's dime on the money line, minus 112. But for the run line, we actually used that for our contest pick. And the value was as high as plus 190. And this is before their manager got fired and then it started kind of coming down because a lot of times teams get that extra spark once your manager coach whatever it is gets fired the team kind of has a wake-up call and well that's what happened with the Blue Jays they won eight to two against the Phillies and we cashed in on our pentathlon pick for the run line and now we're sitting at two and two we got a $145 profit right now, which puts us in fifth place. Ahead of rush hour, we got odds on, three and one. They're up 160 bucks. In third place, Greg Peterson, who is also three and one, but he has netted a profit of 233. The look ahead with Scott Seidenberg, he's up 252 bucks with a three and one record. And then Gil Alexander at the top, host of a numbers game, he is up 315 bucks. So we know that it's a prop that I got to pick tonight. And Knowing I got to chase some money, I certainly want to get a good prop here with some presentable value. But I don't want to go too crazy, even though all the shows and the hosts behind me, you know, they're going to need to be itching to go even higher than me. Maybe a guy to hit a home run or to record the most strikeouts, whatever it may be. Some people are reaching into the upper single digits, like seven to nine to one. And then you've seen some in double digits. But I don't know. I mean, again, the, the higher odds you get, the less chance it's going to happen. We all know this. So I'm kind of looking at a bet that has a really good chance of hitting and is still presenting some very solid value. So that kind of brought me to who has a good opportunity in terms of the hitting matchup, meaning what hitter is going to thrive potentially with history of the pitcher they're facing tonight. So I went through all the pitchers today, and you know, it was funny. I was looking at Crone with the Rockies, and of course he's having just an absolute stellar day. And, you know, it was the afternoon game, so I didn't want to get involved because I was kind of waiting, being strategic a little bit to see what some of the other shows were doing. But it was between Crone and it was between a hitter for this Giants and Brewers game. And you're getting better value here because a couple of studs taking the bump, Corbin Burns and Carlos Rodon. But oddly enough, if you look at Corbin Burns, a couple of guys have been able to hit fairly well against him as members of the Giants. And one of them was Jock Peterson, the other was Brandon Belt. But between those two, because I wanted to narrow it down naturally, one of them's been the more consistent hitter and hotter as of late, and that is Brandon Belt. The last three games, throughout 10 at-bats, he's racked up seven hits, two of them being doubles, one homer, and one RBI. All right? But not even just taking that into account, you also have to realize what he has done against a great pitcher in Corbin Burns. But as good as Corbin Burns is, he's actually struggled against a guy like Brandon Belt. In 10 at-bats, Brandon Belt's gotten five hits, one of them a double, one home run, one ribby, and he has striked, uh, he has struck out two times throughout those 10 at-bats. But whatever it is, Brandon Belt, not too shabby against Corbin Burns. So I'm looking at his odds because he got a shot for the best value, and I'm contemplating some different areas to go, right? You could do total RBIs over a half at 3-1 to one was the best price I saw. 
Uh, total base is over a half, minus 110. That's not going to get you there with value. Total run scored over a half, 2-1, to one, not bad. All right, you get a better opportunity with that as opposed to the RBIs, but 2-1 to one doesn't move the needle too much. Total hits over a half, minus 108. Again, not really worth it. Or to hit a home run, 8-1 to one are the odds for Brandon Belt. What kind of scares you here is that you're at a pitcher's friendly park at Oracle Park, so as great as 8-1 to one is, I don't know if that has too much validity or the likelihood that that comes to fruition as much as a bet, perhaps like the total RBIs over a half. 3-1, to one, still pretty solid value in a bet that still has a very solid chance to come home because you're getting that extra value knowing that Corbin Burns has been a great pitcher this year, should be a very lower scoring type of game, and you're in a pitcher's friendly park. So seldom do you maybe get this type of value with a guy like Brandon Belt, who has also been hitting exceptionally well as of late. This is the one as of this moment that is seeming to make the top of my list. I might push it as long as possible or just wait a little bit, but this will probably end up being the prop that I play for Vsin's pentathlon. Should be fun to come down to the wire. Wouldn't be surprised if a long shot comes through based on what some of these props uh, that have been included are looking like. So make sure you check it out at vsin.com. But the competition has been a lot of fun and uh, excited to see who comes out on top. And uh, yeah, Brandon Belt 3-1 to one to record an RBI might have to be the play that we make. But in terms of our official play, a.k.a. Danny's Dimes, I got one in baseball this evening, and it's also going to be one of the later games, and this one as well going to be in California, the Angels and the Astros. Now, it was kind of funny because we were talking uh, with Scott Spritzer about this Angels team, and he's like, yeah, you know, the only guy that I trust on the Angels that I would back the Angels with is Shohei Otani, naturally, and Shohei went on to win his game, I think, 7-1. to but now he's, you know, obviously not pitching. And Scott goes, yeah, I'd fade pretty much every other pitcher. And I agreed with him, and especially when it came to this pitcher tonight, being Reed Detmers. Now, Detmers, the southpaw, has been kind of a disaster for the Angels. A lot of things have been disastrous for Los Angeles, but especially Detmers, who's 2-3 and three with a 422 ERA. He's got a FIP of 497 a home run to fly ball ratio of 14% and a skill interactive ERA of 447. Now, as bad as his overall numbers are, they get even worse at home where he has a FIP of 522. In comparison, he's got a 459 on the road. He has gone up against Houston once this year, but that was uh, kind of a while back, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, or yeah, it was his first start of the year against Houston, so way back in April. And he went four innings, allowed three hits, two earned runs, both of those being solo shots, three strikeouts. They ended up losing that game 13-6. to Not a terrible performance out of Detmers, but he's certainly gone uh, in the wrong direction since then. And the Angels have actually lost his last seven consecutive outings. And it ain't going to get easier. You got a Houston team that's coming off a bad loss to your ace and potential MVP in Otani. Not only are you throwing Detmers out there, a southpaw who's been struggling, and I say southpaw notably because Houston is hitting lefties exceptionally well, 734 OPS, 260 BABIP, not ideal, but they bounce back with a 322 WOBA and a 112 WRC+. And then you got to factor in that Houston throwing out Framber Valdez, their southpaw, who has been pitching great himself. 8-4, 264 ERA. His home run to fly ball ratio is a tad bit concerning at 14%, but he's got a really strong whip, 1.11, and he's got a 337 Sierra. So all of those numbers 
signal that you can back a guy like Baldez in this situation against the Angels. And furthermore, on the road, he's actually been pitching really well. 174 ERA with a 221 Woba. 353 FIP on the road for Valdez. Uh, versus the Angels, he went up against them once, went six innings, allowed four hits, two earned runs, 13 strikeouts, and the Astros won that game 4-2. to two. Maybe that could be a prop to look at. Most strikeouts, Valdez, yeah, I'm sure that could have some value. But when you look at the Angels, not only for any team would it be tough to go against Valdez, but especially an Angels team that really isn't having success against lefties. They got a 669 OPS, 293 BABIP, 297 Woba and a 92 weighted runs created plus. It's not terrible numbers, but in comparison to Houston offensively, the Astros get the nod. In comparison to the starting pitching, the Astros, of course, get the nod. And just a bounce back spot here for Houston, it kind of sets up perfectly for them. And then even when you expand into the bullpen, well, Houston has the lowest ERA in baseball, 260. And then they got a whip throughout their bullpen of 112. On the side of Los Angeles, 412 ERA and a 126 whip. Now, this game opened with Houston as about a 160 favorite. The steam has continued to go their way. They're up to minus 177. Los Angeles is plus 150. Total we're seeing at about eight. Not really enticed to go with the minus 177 on the money line for Houston. So, of course, that'll bring me to the run line. And minus 104 is what you can get right now at Bet Rivers for Houston on the run line. I got it at about minus 105, so not too much of a difference there. Would absolutely still recommend it because I like the Astros to bounce back tonight. And I like the run line price way better than I do laying the minus 177. And considering that Angels bullpen is struggling, even if it is close with Detmers, he has a solid outing. There's always a good chance that Los Angeles could blow it and really break the floodgates open and give Houston a good chance. So... That's going to be my official play tonight. We're going with Houston on the run line, minus 105, and still contemplating our pentathlon pick. But considering Brandon Belt's recording RBI plus 300, we'll update that a little bit later tonight. All right, coming up next, we're bringing on our guy Josh Applebaum. He'll hit baseball, WNBA, and some UFC. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, remember that Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, L.A., New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week and great local sports betting content. Welcome back into the show. It is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host here in the Windy City. However, we're going to take it out to the East Coast to bring in our guy, Josh Applebaum. You know him, you love him. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. He is VEASAN's betting reporter. And Josh, my man, appreciate you making some time as always. I know we're kind of going all over the place. I love it. You know, middle of July, but no uh, no issues finding things to bet. And we can begin in Major League Baseball tonight. And I'm happy to begin with this game because I just gave my thought process on it before we hit the break. Astros and Angels, we see Houston at Bat Rivers up to minus 177. I like Houston. I don't necessarily like laying that much, so I went with the run line. Uh, I get a feeling you and I may be on the same side here. Yeah, so Danny, hopefully you cash. We both cash. I'll go regular money line. You're making a wise guy play here, saving yourself a little bit of juice with the run line. What I noticed with uh, the money line here, Danny, is just constant movement toward Houston. Remember last night, Shoei Otani pretty much blanked Houston. Houston's in a bounce-back spot. I think the pitching matchup really favors the Astros tonight. If you look at Fromber Valdez, who's on the bump here for Houston, 8-4, and 
2.64 ERA. You actually look at Houston against lefties as well, facing uh, Reed Detmer. Remember, Danny, he threw that no-hitter, but ever since that time, he's really struggled to kind of, you know, recreate that magic that he had in that game. Houston against lefties, 18-9, and one of the best marks against Southpaws of any team this year. And really, the, the nonstop movement is what I really like about this one, Danny. On the one hand, it's like, you know, how can you bet Houston? They're up to minus 177. But if you look at where they open, they open like minus 150. And if we were doing uh, betting across America just a couple hours ago, they were around minus 165, minus 170. So, again, it's this yin and yang of trying to get the best number, but also being excited when there's constant movement with really no buyback whatsoever. Houston would also match a couple systems, Danny, this year that have done very well. These road favorites are 60%. which done pretty good in general. But also a road favorite who made the playoffs playing an opponent who missed the playoffs the previous year. That's been another good system. 65% around the 7% ROI. And Danny, you had a great wise guy play with your run line there on Toronto yesterday. I'm regretting I didn't tell you on that one. Pretty much betting across America. I don't think we're going to catch the leaderboard with the pentathlon. But our, K our prop tonight, Danny, we all have to have a prop. I'm going to go Framber Valdez over six and a half strikeouts. It's pretty much even juice right now. It's about, you know, plus 100. They even be able to find like a plus 102. But Framber Valdez, in his last five starts, he's had at least seven Ks in three of those starts. And they actually just pitched against the Angels on July 3rd. He went six innings, 13 strikeouts. And oh, by the way, the Angels lead the league in strikeouts for their hitters. They've struck out 870 times. That's the most in Major League Baseball. The second uh, most strikeouts for any team would be the Braves at 841. So we have Valdez over six and a half, Danny. I'm looking for seven or more against a team that strikes out more than any other team in baseball. Yeah, and uh, you got to think you're feeling good about it because the last time he just faced the Angels, which was a couple weeks ago, he racked up 13Ks. So I think you're <laughs> on the right path there, Josh. I like that prop and even money. Yeah, I think that's pretty good price for Valdez, who, like you said, has really been racking up the Ks. So I'll be rooting on that one for you. And I know you and I will be on the same page kind of sweating out this Houston game tonight, but hopefully they're able to bounce back. I know you got one other baseball play tonight as well, my man. Uh, Texas and Seattle, 7.05 p.m. Central. Tom, uh, Central Time out by us. We see Texas a slight favorite, minus 124. Seattle, red hot Seattle, they're plus 107. Total here is at eight. What kind of stood out to you for this matchup? Yeah, so first off, Danny, who would have thought, you know, what are we, July 14th, the two hottest teams in baseball, the Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles. Unbelievable. <laughs> These teams ripping off 10 wins in a row. But I actually think there's an opportunity to bet against the Mariners tonight. If you look at the pitching matchup, Gonzalez against Martin Perez. I saw Martin Perez last year with the Sox. He was pretty decent, but he actually, I think, made the All-Star game this year. He's done very, very well. Martin Perez on the season, uh, he's 7-2 with a 2.72 ERA. He's pitched great pretty much the entire year. And this is one of those games where it's kind of a fade-the-trendy dog play, Danny. I can't fault anyone who's just saying, hey, the Mariners are red hot. They're getting plus money. Uh, you might as well take them tonight. We kind of saw that with the Orioles last night against the Cubbies, Danny, where I know you noticed this. The line went to the Cubs. Didn't matter. The Orioles won that game. Mm -hmm. But this game, it's kind of a signal here that respected money is laying it with Texas. Texas opened like a very short minus 110, minus 115 home favorite. They're now all the way up to around minus 125. And that's notable because you're getting a little more than half the tickets on Seattle. So if the majority of bets are on Seattle, you'd think this line would plus money drop toward the Mariners. No, it's actually going minus money toward Texas here. You look at what these two teams have done when these guys take the mound. Even though Gonzalez, he's not awful, 3.24 ERA, but they're just 2-6, and six, the Mariners are, in Gonzalez's last eight starts. Meanwhile, with Perez on the bump, uh, Texas is 12-1 and, 12 and one his last 13 starts. So this is kind of a fishy number to me. I know the M's are red hot. We kind of have a reverse line move to a contrarian favorite here, Danny. I'm going to I'm gonna kind of, you know, uh, hold my nose here in late and see if I can sweat and get out a winner here with the Texas Rangers. 
All right, fair enough. Well, hey, Josh, I know it's seldom that you get involved in the octagon, but I love when you do because that's when I know you've seen something pretty good within the market. And we got fight night to look forward to for Saturday night. And it looks like you got some interest with this Jack Shore, Ricky Simon bout. And uh, Jack Shore laying a buck 77 plus 140 on the buyback for Simon. So what did we see for this fight? Yeah, so Danny, if you know me by now, I have a very rudimentary model when it comes to UFC. Am I as sharp as Gamble and Lua Reed Kuhn? Probably not, but I found a model that over the pandemic, which has done decent. I'm looking for fighters who are younger, taller, have a longer reach, and have a line move in their favor. Also, if we can use these VEASAN.com bet splits, which you'll get for all these bouts here, uh, a low bets, higher dollar situation, I'm all, also looking for that, Danny. So two that really caught my eye. The first one, as you mentioned, Jack Shore. He's undefeated, 16-0. and He's been great so far in his, his uh, career in the octagon. But really, he's checking off all the boxes. Jack Shore facing Ricky Simon. He opened around a minus 145 favorite. He's been bet up to around minus 160, minus 165. So, boom, we got a line move toward Jack Shore. He's also younger, 29 years old versus 20, uh, tw sorry, 27 years old versus 29 for Simon. He's 5'7 versus 5'5, his opponent. And he's also got a 71-inch reach versus a 69-inch reach. So we're seeing all the physical advantage, youth advantages, and line movement going toward Jack Shore. So I laid it with Jack Shore, see if we can uh, get this thing a little bit earlier in the week, Danny, and beat the closing line. And then today, there was another uh, bout that really caught my eye. It's kind of a late-evolving play for me, Danny. Uh, but if you look at uh, Da Eun Jung, he's fighting Dustin Jacoby. And this has been a really interesting dog-to-fave line move. He actually opened with Da Eun Jung as like a plus-120 dog. He's now flipped to around a minus-120 favorite. So anytime you see that flip of a designation, who's favored, that always gets me excited. I dug a little bit deeper, Danny. He's 28 years old. His opponent, Jacoby, is 34. So fade fighters uh, 30 or over or uh, five years older or more than their opponent. He's six foot three. His opponent's six two. And a big reach advantage, 79 versus 76 inches. So Jack Shore and Da Eun Jung, those are the two fighters this weekend that really fit my model, Danny. All right, good looks. Well, Josh, before we get you out of here, we can't go without getting into the WNBA. I know you've been loving about that throughout the summer months. Looks like you got a couple plays on the hardwood tonight. Yeah, Danny, so WNBA, I'm a big fan of betting WNBA, especially in the summer, and you mentioned at the outset, we got to be a little creative. All these sweats aren't right in front, in front of our face like during football season, so you got to kind of shop around, look around, try to find an edge. And with WNBA, Danny, my edge is these steam moves. And again, you look at the WNBA, it's really not a public-based sport. Uh, you really don't have, you know, average Joe or average Jane betters betting WNBA. So anytime you see a line move, that's really meaningful because it's coming from people who know the league and really have the respect of the books and are moving these numbers. So a couple of systems here. Number one, if you look at steam to an over, if, if a total rises at least a point, the over is about 60% this year. So the system match tonight would be the sky and the sparks. This total open around 166 and a half. It's up to around 168, even 168 and a half. There's a couple of reasons to like this over, Danny. Number one, Sky are the number two uh, offense in all of WNBA. They're a really good offensive team. The Sparks are the number two worst defensive team. So you have kind of that good offense, bad defense. Both teams are shooting 48%, 46% from the field. And in terms of pace, both top five and pace, and also fishy kind of number here. The last time they played, Danny, it was an 82-59 game. They only scored 141 points. So if you only score 141 last game, this opens 166 and a half and gets bet to the over. That's kind of a fishy line to me. It tells me you're looking for some positive regression and more offense this time around. Then the other one that caught my eye, Danny, would be steam move toward a side. So if you look specifically with uh, spread plays here, you move at least a point toward a team. 
Those teams are covering around 58% of the time. The match today would be the Washington Mystics. Uh, Mystics. They're on the road at the Mercury. They open as low as like minus two and a half. They're up to minus four and a half. They have a big advantage in terms of rebounding. Uh, they also have are allowing the best uh, or the lowest amount of points. The Mystics have the best defense in all the WNBA. Uh, you look at the Mercury, they're terrible on defense. They're number 10 overall in the 12-team league. So the fact we're seeing this big movement to the Mystics, Danny, I money line the Mystics around minus 190. I know it's kind of a big number, but I don't like laying a four and a half when it opens two and a half, lands on three or four, you're, you know, you lose that bet. Yep. So I kind of paid a little more <laughs> juice. Give me the Mystics to win the game tonight, Danny. I got you. You and I are on the same page a lot of times when it comes to laying a steeper money line in basketball. Try to avoid those bad beats, and hopefully you do that tonight, Josh. Thank you for making some time, my man, and best of luck with all your plays. Always a pleasure, Danny. Have a great night. At Josh underscore insights, where you can follow him along on Twitter. Catch him co-hosting Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard. Guess what? Mike Pritchard joining us next. We are talking some college football. How about some Big Ten? Who does he think is going to come out on top of the conference? Well, maybe more in the Big Ten West with some parity. We'll discuss. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here, and for only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from right now to the end of July. If you sign up today, you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, which includes Adam Burke's top plays in Major League Baseball, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, along with every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, again, the cost is only $19, and you'll be a subscriber through July 31st. So make sure you check it out now at VEASAN.com slash summer. That's V-S-I-N.com slash summer. All righty, welcome back to Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host. Time to talk a little bit of football here on the program, and who better to discuss it with than our guy Mike Pritchard, co-host of Betting Across America here on VEASAN, former NFL wide receiver. And I know he's pumped for the upcoming NFL and college football season, but he loves him some college football too. So, uh, Mike, we have to uh, we have to get into it a little bit, man. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in Big Ten country here, so we – we got to start out with that, and just like every year, it seems, Ohio State comes out as the favorite at Bet Rivers to win the Big Ten. Ohio State's minus 230 for them to win the East. It's minus $5. I feel like at that point, if you like Ohio State that much, you would lay the minus 230. But when you look at these odds, is it Ohio State all the way, or do you see some other value with some of these teams, maybe like a Michigan plus 850, uh, Penn State 13 to 1, or Wisconsin? You know, Danny, great to be with you, by the way. Um, I, I, yeah, Ohio State leads the, the way in the Big Ten because of the quarterback. I mean, when you're talking about the caliber of quarterback that C.J. Stroud is right now, uh, they're going to reload to uh, with all the talent like they normally do. Uh, yeah, I, I would make them the favorite. You know, Michigan uh, took care of business the way that they did last year, which was incredible uh, how they got to the college football playoff. But you know, they lost a lot of talent, uh, and they're going to have to replace uh, some, some significant talent that way. I like the quarterbacks coming back for Michigan, uh, but for me in the Big Ten, it, it starts and stops with C.J. Stroud. And I'll tell you what, I, I know Ohio State produced two first-round wide receivers 
Um, but Jackson Smith and Jigba is better than both those guys. And I'm looking for him to have a big year, a fantastic year, along with C.J. Stroud, who could win the Heisman as well this year. Now, I, we understand how great Ohio State's going to be and how great Stroud was and what our potential or what we're assuming his potential is going to be. And from a betting standpoint, though, for someone who's in the same line of thinking with you, but they don't want to lay the minus 230, would you almost right. just entertain over 11 and a half wins at plus 155? Or is it still a little dicey and you think they may be vulnerable to drop in a game at some point? Anything's possible. Um I know they're going to start the season with Notre Dame, but they're already a double-digit favorite in that game. Uh, and they got five games at home to start the season. Think about that. Uh, this team, this juggernaut, has five games at home to start the season. They go on the road to Michigan State, which Mel Tucker's doing a good job. Uh, the transfer portal helped him out mightily last year. Uh, and then, you know, you think about Iowa at home. That's a tough one. At, okay, on the road at Penn State could be interesting. Uh, but the big boy, and the big boys every year is Michigan, and this year they have Michigan at home uh, with revenge on the mind. So I think Ohio State is going to be highly motivated. I mean, to go over that total, uh, you're looking at an undefeated season, which uh, to me it's not outside the realm of possibility, but that's tough to do that. I mean, because it is college football. Anything and everything can happen. But, no, I, I'm, I'm okay with, with the odd situation to win the, the conference uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking for, I mean, if you want to bet with some value or, or you're looking for anything like that, uh, take a look at C.J. Stroud as a Heisman Trophy uh, in that situation. I mean, I think that can be fantastic. Now, before I ask you about a couple teams in the Big Ten West, uh, you mentioned Michigan, which I think is going to be a really fascinating team to watch unfold this year based on what we saw out of them last year and what happened in the offseason with Harbaugh. Oh, is he going to the NFL? Now he's coming back, and can he replicate that? So I, I guess my question is, because we see their win total at about 9.5, is this yeah. who Michigan is now, or are we going to get the Harbaugh before last year? I think that's what everybody's going to wait to see. <laughs> No, I think it is. You know, they, they lost their defensive coordinator. He goes to Baltimore. He goes back to Baltimore. So uh, along with all the great players um, that Michigan had defensively, uh, they're going to have a new defense coordinator too. And I, and I think you kind of worry about that because, and we talked about this today on betting across America in terms of which schools reload. I mean, Alabama uh, they reload, but they also reload with the best players in the country. I mean, they'll they'll replace a Heisman Trophy winner with a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. Uh, and you know, Michigan's just not at that level yet. Um, I, I think Ohio State is at that level in terms of the much the amount of talent uh, that they assemble up there. Uh, and like I mentioned, uh, the two receivers that go to the National Football League in the first round, they have a guy behind him, behind both of those guys that that is better than those two players. So. It's just fascinating and amazing how much talent is out there and, and certainly how much uh, that talent of that talent that Ohio State can can get to their school and commit to their school. But Michigan's just not there yet. I, Harbaugh's a great coach. I, I just don't think that program is at, on that level yet. 
All right, and then like I said, moving on to the Big Ten West, kind of a crapshoot is looking like uh, is what it's going to be this year. Wisconsin's a short shot, plus 175. My alma mater, Nebraska, plus 250. Don't feel like you got to hold back. You know, you can unload on the mic, but uh, Minnesota 4-1, <laughs> to one, Iowa 5-1, to one, Purdue is 7-1. to one. In terms of Nebraska, look, this is Scott Frost's year. It has to be this year. They finally yeah. got some adults to make the play calling in the room, hopefully a better quarterback in Casey Thompson, which is kind of the issue for a team like Wisconsin, right? Graham Mertz, unproven. Uh, Petrus with mm -hmm. Iowa, unproven. But what they have is experience, good coaching, and a lot of other talent around. So how do you kind of pick out the top team of the Big Ten West? Well, the, the Badgers make it easy every year because they run the football, right? I mean, they're they're big, they're physical in the trenches, and uh, I think their defense is going to be uh, a situation which they're going to have to reload. But uh, they find the same athletes. Uh, to me, to me, Wisconsin does not change. <laughs> I mean, it's the same Wisconsin that I watched uh, in the early 2000s. But uh, I think it's just fascinating how consistent they can be, though. But uh, on that side of the conference, you know, it does get interesting to see if Frost can get it going uh, under an immense amount of pressure right there. Uh, you know, Minnesota had some uh, identity issues, I thought, last year, too. But... Uh, I think it's wide open. I mean, Wisconsin, to me, uh, is the consistent program. Uh, but Purdue, with that offense, too, uh, that gets interesting to see if they can uh, make some noise in that division this year. All right, Mike. Then let's move on to what you know and love here, the Pac-12, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Colorado right. not looking like too much steam going their way. Uh, they're all the way toward the bottom here at about 250 to 1, but at the top, USC 2 to 1. Utah always seeming to be at the top as of late, plus 240. Oregon plus 250. Who are we liking here? You know what? Uh, how the mighty have fallen. Your alma mater and mine, uh, Danny. I mean, it's incredible <laughs> to think about where we are right now, right? Uh, I think we're juiced to the under in terms of three and a half wins for my school. But uh, I like SC. I think the model has changed in college football because normally we'll, we'll look at recruiting services. We'll look at recruiting information uh, and development to see uh, how schools are progressing or certainly the impact on those programs. But I, I think we have to change our mindset. I, I think we have to embrace the NFL model because of the transfer portal. You have Lincoln Riley going over to USC. You have Caleb Williams going over to UFC. Uh, Jordan Addison, the Pittsburgh uh, receiver, Blitnikoff winner, going to USC too. It's like they won the offseason when it comes to free agency inside college football. And I think we have to look at USC differently that way. I think uh, if, you're, if you like the Pac-12, if you want to bet a conference champion, you look at Utah. Uh, but then I, I think USC is a close second, and in fact, they face Utah on the road. I, I think both teams could be undefeated uh, in that matchup uh, midway through the year. And so keep an eye on that one. But I really like uh, USC to make a lot of noise, not only within the conference, but perhaps the college football playoff scene as well. Yeah, should be fun. Lincoln Riley at USC. The momentum should come sooner yep. rather than later. Can't wait for it. Mike, thank you for making some time as always. Really appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll have to get you back on soon for more college football and naturally some NFL preview, my man. Absolutely. Would love to. My pleasure to be on with you, Danny. Thanks a lot. 
You got it. Take care. Mike Pritchard, folks, at MI Pritchard, where you can follow him on Twitter. Remember, catch him co-hosting Betting Across America with our guy Josh Applebaum, who we just had on. Great duo and always some fun, uh, some fun topics they go over with very intriguing betting styles. So I'd uh, love to get their thoughts on on all things football especially. We know we went all over the place with Josh, but love hitting some football with Mike Pritchard. But yeah, uh, Colorado, his alma mater, like he was joking, they're 250 to one to win the conference. Win total three and a half. Like he said, that juice is to the under, minus a buck 62. Uh, my alma mater, Nebraska, eh, maybe a little bit of hype coming into this year in terms, of, like we said, the desperation levels being at an all-time high for Scott Frost, new quarterback, new coaching staff, and just the Big Ten West, eh, maybe a little bit more slow this year we'll see should be fun coming up next the football conversation continues but we move to the nfl and we conclude our assessment for the nfc south let's look at the bottom two teams win totals odds to make the playoffs as we wrap up another edition of rush hour the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Swing for the fences on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook this week when you make a first time deposit using code DERBY on the Baseball Home Run Derby. Signing up is super easy with the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app, or if you visit BetRivers.com, you can deposit $100 to receive a free Bet Rivers bet, or deposit $250, get the total home runs for the entire derby as a free Bet Rivers bet as well. This offer is valid through July 18th. So go ahead, download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today and use code DERBY when you make a first-time deposit. Visit BetRivers.com to see all the latest odds, boosts, and promotions running this baseball season. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Alrighty, final segment is here. Danny Burke, your host on Rush Hour. You can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 As for VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. Time to talk some more football, specifically in the National Football League. Last night, we discussed the top two teams in the NFC South, being the Bucks and the Saints. Tonight, we look at the bottom tier of that division with the Panthers and the Falcons. Oh boy, get excited. No, I'm actually kind of excited because even with these lower tier teams there are some better betting opportunities and there may be some with this first team the Carolina Panthers Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold what is going to happen I don't know probably not a lot of success the Panthers last year finished 5 and 12 they bring on Baker Mayfield notable draft acquisitions and not really anybody notable acquisitions in general and not really anybody aside from Baker Mayfield what are their odds to make the playoffs yes at Bet Rivers plus 460 the no is minus 670 the win total for the Carolina Panthers at Bet Rivers, at least, we see it at six. The over minus 125 and the under six plus 102. So you could probably find a six and a half and get a good opportunity to go to the under if you want to get that extra hook involved. But let's categorize it like we always do, winnable, losable, and toss-up games. Not going to be a lot of winnable games for the Panthers. That wasn't a shock to anybody, but just saying. Uh, week 10 is where you got to go to get their first winnable game for Carolina because you get Atlanta at home. All right, so you get the Falcons, a team that is uh, presumably going to be in a tougher spot than you are. And, yeah, week 10 at home, that's a winnable game for the Panthers. Then you move to week 15 versus the Steelers. Now, I don't know if you necessarily have a better roster than Pittsburgh. Honestly, you probably don't unless Christian McCaffrey stays healthy and, I don't know, Baker's your starter and he's looking like he's got a good rhythm. But 
Look, Pittsburgh with their quarterback issues, you still got to give the nod to Carolina, I guess, right? I'm definitely not putting Trubisky above Baker Mayfield. I'm not putting Kenny Pickett above him as of this point. So, yeah, I'll give the benefit of the doubt to Carolina. Week 16 versus Detroit. We know the Lions are going to be a gritty team. It's late in the season. Maybe the Panthers have found a rhythm. Either way, you get Detroit, a crappy team in itself. You get them at home. That could be a winnable game. Losable games, here come a bunch of them. Week 3 versus New Orleans. Week 4 versus Arizona. Week 5 versus San Francisco. Yes, you get all of those at home, but they're all better than you. So you're going to be an underdog in those games. Week 6 on the road against the Rams. Week 7, you get Tom Brady and the Bucks at home. Week 9, you go on the road to face Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Week 11, you're on the road in Baltimore against Lamar Jackson and company. Week 12, you get Russell Wilson and his squad at home. Week 17, you go to Tampa to face Tom Brady. Week 18, you get the Saints uh, on the road in that spot. So those are all the losable games for the Panthers. Toss-up games, the 50-50 games. Week 1 versus Cleveland. We don't know what's happening with the Browns, so that's a toss-up game. Week 2 at New York against the Giants. I am not high on the Giants. I am not high on Daniel Jones. I get they have some receiver weapons and Saquon Barkley, and they had a pretty good draft, but still it's Daniel Jones, and if you're back in Daniel Jones, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, week 8 on the road against Atlanta. Marcus Mariota and the Falcons, like we said, could be a worse team than the Panthers, so there's not going to be a spot to me where Atlanta is in a good position, but that's more of a 50-50 because you're on the road against Atlanta if you're the Carolina Panthers. Week 14, you're at Seattle. We don't have a lot of hope for the Seahawks. We took their win total under six. It's post-bye week for the Panthers, but you do have to go on the road, so we'll make that a 50-50. My projection, after kind of just skimming through the schedule, basically, I put them at 6-11 and 11 at the very best. Now, this is kind of with the assumption that it's going to be a rocky transition for Baker Mayfield, and maybe it isn't, and maybe... Christian McCaffrey can actually stay healthy and they can just flood the whole offense through him. And if that's the case, yeah, maybe they do surprise some people and kind of shock in some games and could maybe squeak the seven and by a miracle maybe get the eight. But uh, realistically, it's going to be a tough year for Carolina. But I am rooting for Baker Mayfield. If you recall, we took him for comeback player of the year because of the value that we saw. And look, he's got the narrative surrounding it with the injury and just everything that happened with the Browns. And Hey, you get a uh, new change of scenery, maybe that could vote pretty well for Baker Mayfield. So they'll be an interesting team. But because of that, not sure if they're just going to be really bad or actually surprise some people. I don't think it's worth playing, but I would do under six and a half. I would look to find the six and a hook, and if it wasn't too egregious with the juice, I would bet the under, but I'm not ready to fully commit to that. I'd almost be more enticed to look at the Falcons and bet their under. Like we said, we know the Falcons are going to be a disaster. Last year, they finished 7-10. and 10. They lose Matt Ryan. They gain Marcus Mariota. They did draft Drake London and Desmond Ritter. Uh, Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC, and then Desmond Ritter, the quarterback. Their odds to make the playoffs, yes, plus 675. No, minus 1115. Their win total at Bet Rivers is set at 5. The juice is to the under, minus 134. The overs, plus 110. I got three winnable games for the Falcons, and this is me just trying to be nice and give them some. I mean, you could argue there's none, but week four versus Cleveland is one of them because, again, we don't know what's happening with the Browns, and especially with no quarterback, it's not the prettiest of rosters. You got Nick Chubb, that's great, and okay defensive guys in your secondary, and Miles Garrett, we get it, but still, Cleveland kind of in shambles. Uh, week eight versus Carolina, I know I made that a toss-up game for the Panthers, but 
if you're Atlanta, you have to have that as your winnable game. You'd probably split with the Panthers. Why not have it be the one at home? Week 11, I didn't want to put it there, but let's be honest, uh, the Bears. You get the Bears at home. I made this a winnable game for Chicago because the Bears should win this game, but this is one of the better opportunities for the Falcons. So uh, that will be a winnable game for Atlanta. Losable. Week 1 versus the Saints. Week 2 out on the West Coast against the Rams. Week 5 at Tampa Bay. Week 6, you get San Francisco at home. Maybe that's a sneaky, tough game for the 49ers. I'm just not that high in Trey Lance immediately without seeing anything. Week 7 at Cincinnati. Week 9, you get the Chargers at home, but the Chargers are going to be great. Week 15 at New Orleans. Week 16 at Baltimore. And week 17, you get the Cardinals at home. Those are all your losable games. Toss-up games, I'll give you five. Week 3 at Seattle. Seahawks are a poor team. Week 10 at Carolina. Eh, who knows? Maybe that's the one game you split with the Panthers. And Carolina's not going to be that great, like we said. Week 12 at Washington. Yeah, you probably lose to the Commanders, but I put it up as a toss-up because I just am not that high on Carson Wentz. I've made that pretty clear on the show. Week 13 versus Pittsburgh. Quarterback issues there. Week 18 versus Tampa Bay. Hold your horses. It's because it's the final game of the season, and if the Bucks have their playoff position solidified, they may be resting starters, Tom Brady, and all their stud athletes included. So that's why it's a 50-50 game. My projection, 4-13. 4-13 for the Atlanta Falcons quarterback issues well maybe not issues just not really a lot of confidence with the quarterback look Mariota's a fine quarterback I don't know if I would uh want him in the starting position right I mean he's a great backup but as a starter and no no thank you I think he's kind of teetering in that Mitch Trubisky territory you probably give him a nod above Trubisky let's be honest but same type of quarterback and there's just Nobody's surrounding him. They have no receivers except for London, who they just drafted. And yeah, you got Kyle Pitts, but, you know, not a great running back situation. Receivers still need to develop, and their defense is atrocious. So, yeah, no good news probably coming out of Atlanta and not a lot of wins either. I would look at under five, but I don't want to lay minus 134. So nothing I'm attacking right now. I'll shop around a little bit as we get later on in these summer months. But Atlanta probably could be the worst team in the NFL next to the Texans. I know are a popular choice, but Atlanta could very much so be right next to them in that category. So, yeah, bottom teams in the NFC South uh, probably not going to be having a great year. Tough division, quarterback issues, and uh, limited talent. The Panthers have some, but, again, quarterback is a big question. But that will conclude our preview for the NFC South. Uh, may dabble in a little college football tomorrow. If not, maybe look at a different player award in the NFL as we wrap up another week previewing all these football futures. But if you wanted to bet tonight, we did have one in baseball, folks. We had the Astros on the run line at the beginning of the show for Danny's dime. We took a minus 105. We're back in Framber Valdez here, the southpaw, going against Reed Detmers, the other southpaw for the Angels, who has just been a complete or just really completely on the struggle bus, I guess is how you could put it. I know Josh Applebaum's riding the same thing. He went with the money line, laying a little bit of chalk, but not to lay that much and just trusting this Astros offense. I'll go with the run line here, minus 105. A Houston team that has been crushing lefties. They're looking to bounce back from their loss last night. So let's go, Houston. We're taking them on the run line, minus 105. Still TBD on our pentathlon prop, but probably going to be Brandon Bell to record an RBI. Keep a lookout at vston.com for all of that info. That's going to wrap it up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition. Best of luck and take care, folks. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.